Hey, it's Sean Grigsby, and you're listening to Cosmic Dragon. That's right. This is a speculative fiction podcast where we talk to agents, authors, editors, and the like. Today, we're talking to Robin Triggs, who has a book with Flame Tree Press. The novel is called Night Shift. We're going to be talking about that here in just a second. Before we do jump into that, though, I myself am an author, if you don't already know that. However, I'm pretty sure you've heard at least 15 of the previous episodes before you got into this one. But if you haven't, I am the author of Smoke Eaters, which is about firefighters versus dragons in the future. I'm also the author of Daughters of Forgotten Light, which is about all-women motorcycle gangs in space. And I'm also the author of Ash Kickers, which is the sequel to Smoke Eaters. All of those are from Angry Robot Books, and Ash Kickers releases July 9th. Now, Smoke Eaters and Daughters of Forgotten Light are both eligible for the Best Novel category for the Hugo Award. I, myself, as an author, am eligible for the John W. Campbell Award. This podcast, Cosmic Dragon, is eligible for Best Fan Cast. Also, I wrote an article for Tor.com called A Firefighter's Guide to Fighting Dragons that's eligible for the Best Related Work. I've been, I've been pretty busy for 2018. Also, speaking of Ash Kickers, during this interview, I found out that Robin Triggs actually has something to do with Ash Kickers that I didn't even realize before, but you're going to have to listen to find out. Kick it! Well, so talking about proper jobs, now you studied archaeology. I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. So were you an official archaeologist before you got into writing? Very brief. I had I had one professional job that lasted a month, um, so I wouldn't ever claim to be a proper archaeologist. I I still read up. I still I still really enjoy finding out stuff, but it's it's you know, it's sitting on the couch stuff rather than going out and actually doing it. So you never really got to do the Indiana Jones thing. No, <laughs> more of the parody versions. I think yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, to let listeners know, we're talking to Robin Triggs. Uh, he has a book with Flame Tree Press called Night Shift. Uh, what can you tell us about this book, Robin? Okay, it's a, uh, I suppose it's a murder mystery set in near future Antarctica. Um, it's about a chap called Anders Nordvelt who arrives as a last minute replacement um, just before the long night begins. So, just the, the last transport before everything shuts down. Um, he arrives into a sort of closed situation where everybody knows themselves except him. And as as luck would have it, as soon as he arrives, there is an act of sabotage that completely isolates them. Um, and then there is a murder, as because this is this is how these things work. Right, uh, I'm led to believe. And it's a, it's all about him trying to work out just what is going on in a, a crew where most people think he's the culprit. Interesting. I'm getting vibes of uh, the thing a little bit. I know it's yeah. it's not that. Well, at least I assume it's not uh, similar with like an alien or a monster or something like that. But I'm also getting. Um, oh, I had the the other. Uh, well, what what influences uh, would you say, or what would you compare it to? I'd compare. I think I'd compare it most to Ice Station Zebra. Okay. Uh, which I I read 
after I went to a writing conference and um, somebody, uh, Steve Lockley, who is a professional writer, um, said, said, oh, you know, it sounds like The Thing and it sounds like High Station Zebra. Um, and I've not seen The Thing and I've not read High Station Zebra. Oh. Um, but <laughs> but it, I, I, I have read High Station Zebra now and it, and it is, I think that that's the closest feel, feel to it, I think. So, and of course, it's a good. I mean, it is a classic murder mystery at the end, and there is a lot of the sort of golden age of um, uh, British uh, murder mysteries. And um, Dorothy L. Sayers was a big influence on me in my life, um, and there's there is there are elements of that. And let's just kick in a bit of Philip K. Dick because you can't not really. I think. <laughs> uh, and Ag- 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 yeah. Agatha Christie. Uh, yes, um, yeah, I think she's she's very maligned, and I I don't know if yeah yes I think I, I think I, yeah you'd have to, not to say I'd that have it's to hold my hands similar. up to that one. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But I understand what you mean by by the kind of like the golden age of uh, yeah British murder mystery. Now I just uh, not long ago finished my own uh, mystery. It involved robots, of course, but of course. Uh, it was really the first time I've I've actually done something that was specifically a mystery. Mm. I think most books um, have at least an element or two, yeah, of it in there. Yeah. But how do you approach writing? Um, and and do did you approach this differently than anything else? As far as did you plot this? Did you discovery write this? Because I'm I'm a pantser all the way. Yeah, I I, I tend to know the start point and the end point that's where i am the end point changes certainly in, in, in night shift the the final scene is nothing like i imagined it was going to be but i have this i know where i come into the story and i know where i come out of the story everything else is discovery right and i'm trying to get trying to it's it's that it's trying to to join those those uh, those points up that that's how I write, and that's why it takes me a ludicrous number of drafts to get there. Because I will put some really, really bad stuff in on the way. Really, just you know, not necessarily bad writing, but waffle and just not things that advance the story. So it takes a lot of a lot of work to get there. How many books is this for you that have been published? This is my first published book. Okay, so this um, is your debut. This is my debut. It's my. It was my fourth novel. To, um, that you actually wrote, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I'm now done. See, I'm, another thing, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to tell you. I wrote this in 2012, I think. Oh wow! Um, and that's how long it's taken to 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 draft and to to find a, a home. So I've now written seven novels, and <laughs> I'm coming back to something that's. I can barely remember. It's really bad. It's really no, terrible. I, I completely I've got to understand. do this publicity and 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 yeah, you know, to talk about the, the book. I think, yeah, that, that 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 was in it, wasn't it? That was in this one, not the next one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's go with that. And yeah, I think it's that's a strange a, world. A comment on how slow publishing is too, um, hmm. and especially if you if you are a prolific typewriter, or at least yeah. you know you keep going and keep writing books. And then yeah. by the time it's time to do the edits for a book that was purchased, well, you're like three books maybe oh, down yeah. the road, and uh, you have absolutely. to, which I guess is good because then you can look at it with very yeah, that's right. But you're a different person. 
Yes, that's, that's like, you, true. You're not the same person that wrote that novel. And, you know, I, I am I am not the person that I was in 2012. I can see... I can see me, you know, it's, it's not, a, it's not a total stranger, but I'm a different person and I would write it differently now. And I'm, um, again, I'm something I'm not sure I should say really, but I look around and, and the publishers and say, really? It's just, it's, 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 I can do better than that. I can do better than that. But no, it, it's, it's, um, it's, it's incredibly reassuring to be able to, to, to be told that, oh yeah, actually it wasn't, it wasn't that bad then. <laughs> I, you know, I think that's a little bit of uh, what they call imposter syndrome. But also, you know... I think it, you're probably true, yes. Yeah, yeah. And you, you know and that you yourself have grown as a writer. Yes. So, in a yes. way, you kind of look back and go, that, that guy was shit. You know, that that, <laughs> that writing yeah. wasn't that great. I'm way but better you, now. But you also, you get the chance to, you do get the chance to, to work on it again. You, you do get the copy edits, you get the proof. So it's not, it's not like you're putting something that you're not proud of out. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's something that you've had a chance to say, oh yeah, actually. And then you discover it again. You think, actually, that's pretty good. And it's, that's a lovely feeling. That's, that's the other side of it. Oh, yeah. That's the beautiful feeling when you realize you've forgotten something that actually works pretty damn good. And this is why all of us are crazy and <laughs> messed up. So uh, the the book Night Shift uh, is with Flame Tree Press. How did you come to publish with them? Um, Twitter. Oh, Basically. Wow. Yeah, uh, I'm a big user on Twitter. I love Twitter. Um, and I've discovered some wonderful writers on there like yourself. Um, and uh, a lot of really positive energy i would say this because he has so many so much bad stuff about it um but there was somebody retweeted um a call for submissions uh and flame tree i, I don't know who it was that retweeted it was some uh, flame tree were looking for um science fiction crime horror um the, the genres and i said yep yeah that that that's that's what i do um, and so I sent off and they wanted the entire novel, which is quite strange first off. And I, I sent it off, I think in February, 2017. And then I forgot about it completely until September. So, sorry, six months or so later. Um, and I just got an email saying, we'd like to publish it. And I, I barely remembered submitting it to them, but Yeah. <laughs> Those are always the best. It's only yes. happened to me with short stories, but I yeah. love that. It's but you know you, you send it off and then completely forget yeah. it. Uh, well, I had to do the I had to do the Nigerian prince check because you know when you you, <laughs> yeah. you get some information that's so good that you you, you think I no it's this like, isn't wait, right. This wait, is, yeah, is this a scam? Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. That's the first thing I I thought was you know okay, are they going to be paying me or am I going to be paying them? That's you know. Not that it's about money, absolutely, but just to make sure that the flow is in the right direction. Right. Make sure that you're not being taken for a ride at any point. They have been fantastic. They've been really good. It's been a, a really good adventure. But you've got to make those those checks first off. Oh, yeah. Especially if you don't have an agent to do that, uh, which are, that's right. Do you have an agent, or I do you... not have an agent. No, no, no. I would love an agent. <laughs> I would well, really love it. If any agents out there are listening, I would love an agent. Um, but uh, no, I'm totally unagented. 
I did work with um, an agent um, when I was submitting Night Shift. Um, um, somebody from uh, a big London agency um, asked me to do some revisions. Uh, and the first revision I did entirely wrong. I did the worst rewrite ever because I wanted to impress her. So I said, right, I'll do it by the end of the month. And I just threw everything out, gave myself massive stress and uh, sent it off. And I just got it completely wrong. I just made it a lot worse. But she gave me another go. Um, and though she didn't take me on, it didn't work out as a relationship, that sort of two read-throughs really made the novel. And it, it, I'm so grateful to her for, for that. Right. So it, it aided you, even though mm. it didn't end up that... Oh, absolutely. I mean... You signed with them. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, just, it, again, to think of it as a very sort of mercenary thing, each read-through is something that you can pay maybe a thousand pounds for, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, however many dollars it, it is. It's, it's a huge amount of work that they went, and that didn't work, but I got I got the benefit of their experience, and that's... Well, it's not priceless because I just put a price on it, but it's it's you know <laughs> Close without that, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now just to uh, let listeners know while we're talking about uh, or while it's on my mind about the book, uh, so th- this is available in every conceivable format, at least from what I see. So it's it's available in hardback, it's available in paperback for ten dollars less, it's available for ebook for half of that, and then it's also uh, available in audiobook. So yeah. Flame Tree does their own audiobooks, I'm guessing, then. Yeah, 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 it is. Yeah, they've, they've, that, that was a sort of rider um, after I signed the initial contract. But yeah, it's, it's really good. The, the, um, uh, I've not actually listened to it yet, but it's, um, I'm really looking forward to it. It's, it's really exciting. Well, let me tell you something. Um, I haven't listened to the audiobooks for mine either. <laughs> I've listened to a little bit. Just a touch, but it's just so yeah. weird. It's, I, it's, it is, it is, I have, it is. you know, I've got stuff to do, and I've already written this book. I know what happens. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I want to hear what, how the narrator did, but I could do that in, yeah. in like the first five minutes. Um, but I yeah. think that you're exactly weird. right. You're exactly right. I think that's a really good way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> well, what, uh, <laughs> what books do you have planned that you can talk about uh, coming up next? Well, I'm writing a, a sequel to Night Shift. Uh, I'm just just finishing it. It's it's it, the idea is it, it's a trilogy. Um, each book stands alone, but it's got the same main character in this novel, and it's his well, really his coming to terms with himself in in uh, Antarctica as this mining base becomes a city. That that was going to be my next question: Is that d- mm. does it stay in Antarctica? It does stay in Antarctica, but but um, the mining base is rebuilt and becomes a city, and it's a city of exiles because this it's not a big, uh, particularly political um, commentary on the way things are going. But there is this idea that the ice caps are melting, that there is massive land shortages and um, massive resource shortfalls. It's not, I wouldn't call it a dystopia, it's just a, a topia. It's just a, a way things are. <laughs> um, but you've got all these people from Bangladesh, because half of the country is flooded, who need a home, and they're moved not necessarily with their consent, 
or with their joy and delight to Antarctica and all these people from a, a diaspora all around the world um, and the tensions and, of course, the murders that then happen in this new land. Well, I don't blame them. I hate the cold. <laughs> and then add murder into it. Yeah, yes. I'm completely uh, against that. <laughs> yeah, down with cold murder. That's what we. we that's, a, that's a slogan for us all. Right, all murder's bad. Yeah, but cold murder is the worst. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, if you ever yeah. gotten hurt out in the cold, it hurts way more. Yes, than absolutely. It would in, in the summertime. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> at least, at least the, the smoke eaters don't have to worry about that too much. Yeah, I haven't really uh, written. Um, a cold environment scene, uh, really. <laughs> and daughters, uh, you know, they're they're the United Continent of North America is fighting off the cold, but I never mm. really wrote about the cold. Mm. Maybe I should just to just to check that off my list because yeah, I know I Everybody hate the cold. And... Yes, yes, yes. If you Speaking hate of, it, you... Did, did, do you realize or feel that when you're writing in a certain type of environment like that, that it, it gives you that? that vibe when you're writing i mean i guess i what i'm asking is did you feel cold while you were <laughs> while you were yeah, writing this book i you know you know what i i think i did I, it's difficult to give a proper answer but i i think i did i mean it was uh, i mean i've i've been thinking about this i i i've um i've come to the conclusion that antarctica represents uh poverty in my mm. life, because I, I, when I started it, certainly um, I was poor. I wasn't destitute. I had a, a roof over my head and I had enough to eat. But every day was about um, how much money have I got? Right. And so every every waking moment is stress, and I think that writing about Antarctica is is Antarctica is that is a metaphor for that. Or possibly the other way around, uh, but it's the way the outside is a constant pressure upon you, and then that starts to invade the face, the places that you thought were safe. That's yeah. I'm not sure how explaining this very well. But no, no, you get, no. Do you I, get the idea? It's, it sounds like a great metaphor. I mean, you've mm. got the scarcity, you've got the the yeah. fear of the unknown. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And if you're going to even make it to the next day or not. Um, yes. And then just the harshness of the environment and just the constant uh, pressure on. Yes. You. No, I completely. I completely. Yeah, I'm see glad that. you can understand. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's your? Yes, I think. I think. Though, I think. The other thing that I, I have in mind at the moment is that I tend to to write in a particular key. Uh, I know you're you're a musician, so you, when I when I'm sitting down thinking about a book, the first thing I don't do it consciously. I don't sort of get out a tuning fork and say this is going to be F sharp this particular novel. Right. But I think I, there there is a tone to a novel, and there is there which I like to think of as as a, a key. So you you the whole story is like a piece of music and it has its own theme and consistency. Right, a vibe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
You know, it's weird though, because some people have told me that they find it hard to stay in that vibe. And mm. uh, I've never had that problem, but but I wondered like, I don't know, maybe, maybe, I know what helps me is that before I write, I try to read what I've written the day before. Yeah, yeah, at least yeah, the time yeah. before. I don't get to write every day. Yeah, um, uh, and then that kind of gets me back into the story. But I have this weird thing that once I'm, and maybe you have it too. Once I'm in a novel, and until I finish it, like I'm there. I, yeah. Like I, I, I feel like I'm constantly thinking about it when I'm not writing. Um, much yeah, I think so. I mean, I tend to have to jump quite a bit around things. Um, I'm usually editing one and shaping another at the same time. And I've got to do a bit of freelance editing as well. So there's other people's work I have to think about. But yes, I, I think when I'm at the computer, when I'm working on a particular thing, I am lock, locked into it. And I think you, I think it is a good idea to sort of read the previous day's work just to sort of give yourself a run-up into what you've got to do next. And on the practical side, you can clean it up too. While you're yeah, <laughs> yes, indeed, indeed. And add little things you may have forgotten. Well, yeah, what what yeah, is your yeah. process though? Do you do do you have a set uh, word goal or how do you? No, um, I. Well, I have about I have four part time jobs, um, so it's when I can get to the computer, I will just work until I don't have the time to to do anymore um i on a good day i get about three thousand words done in a session uh, which is probably about two hours but that's that's a good day and much more often it's much more often it's fighting for every word it's 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 dragging yourself along and it can be a horribly painful one just one syllable at a time until you've got some sort of flow but i really enjoy editing and editing gets such a bad press. I, I, you, the first draft is just getting it down, and then you've got the your three utterly you know, untethered to take things apart and to try. And it's always easier to to work with a complete manuscript than it is with nothing. And I really enjoy the sort of crossword puzzle of of finding the right place for everything. I do too. I do like the editing, um, but it's nothing compared to the, to the fun of, <laughs> of. I think they both have uh, their pros and cons. Well, when you get, if you get into flow, if you get into that flow state where it's just you're writing downhill, right? When the, there's usually a point about half to two thirds of the way through a novel where you know where you're going, and it is just you are coasting downhill and the words of flying out. that is the most glorious feeling there is nothing quite like that that sense when you are just there and the words are coming out even before you've thought of them it's that's that's a glorious feeling you know what i've noticed about being a professional writer uh, mm. th that's different than when i was writing each book and trying to send it to an agent to get mm. representation mm. and it's not a bad thing because it's it, this is what I've been wanting, <laughs> but at the same yeah. time, uh, it's like, okay, I'm writing a novel right now, and mm. well, today I had to finish doing, uh, looking over the proofread of Ash Kickers, and yes. then I'm also writing a short story, 
for Sorry, Black can Library. Can I just interrupt you? Yeah, a, yeah. a second. You know that proofread of Ash Kickers? Yes, I did that. You no, you didn't. I did. <laughs> You're kidding me. Um, I Why didn't, didn't you say, say something? I didn't. I didn't want to say before we arranged to to speak because I thought it's just it, it doesn't seem like black now because you know professional and stuff like that but it just didn't feel right you know it just didn't feel right but since you've just brought it up i just thought i'd mention it right well i have to tell you then what the telephone game is because that was one of the notes yes that's right yes tell me tell me okay so the telephone game and i'm sure they they play it all over but it's where okay you have one person and they have to come up with a sentence or a phrase yeah and then they whisper it into the next person's ear and then that person turns around and whispers it into the next person's ear, and yeah. they go on and on and on. It's usually like in school with when you have a bunch it's, of kids. It's Chinese whispers. That's oh, is what that what it's called? called? Yeah, yeah. I thought I did think that that you know it's one of those things where it wouldn't have bothered you know a reader at all, but you know you've got to just make the point. <laughs> but yeah. But one thing I do like since we're talking about it is that uh, I, the example I have in my mind is I, I uh, used the term fantasy land and I yes. had that as two separate words, but then uh, one, I don't know if it was the structural edit or the copy edit. They mm. had me change it to one word. Yes. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. I don't care. And then you came back and made it two words again. <laughs> so <laughs> It's just oh, so crazy. Sorry. I know it's, it's terrible, isn't it? It's really, a lot of these things are so um, subjective and it is ultimately, you know, it it, sh- it should always be the writer's choice. It, sh- it oh, should yes. be, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you, you you can, you know, if you do get, if you reject some really good advice, you know, then <laughs> then it's still on you. Yeah, yeah, but it, you know, it, it should always be. And I, <laughs> I hope I've not done anything really horrible. No, to you. no, no. It was it was actually I I, I knocked it out in one day. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But it's, it was very clean. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, to let listeners know, we're, we're talking to Robin Triggs, uh, author and apparently my proofreader for Ash Kickers. <laughs> so I wish I could have said that at the uh, the beginning. Maybe I could do that in, in the intro. No, actually, I'll leave it in. It'll be yes, a surprise. I, yeah, absolutely. A little <laughs> Easter egg, just to make sure people are paying attention. Right. Well, uh, Robin, where can people find you and your books? Um, well, they should be able to find my books in any good bookshops and uh, probably some rather dubious ones as well. Um, but if not, certainly everywhere online that sells books. The audio, the audio is via Audible, and all the usual, the usual suspects. You should be able to get that. Uh, I'm in the UK. Um, I'm sitting in my rather cold living room at the moment, wishing that I had slightly more heat in here. But that's. It'll Just help you write the sequel, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Well suited to, to what I'm writing at the moment. Awesome. Well, uh, Night Shift is available now, is it not? It is. It awesome. is. It's and that's, like we said, it's available in hardcover, paperback, audio, ebook, all of it. Robin, thanks so much for coming on Cosmic Dragon. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's been lovely to talk to you, and thank you for having me.